This is Tani Talks Radio, the shear where we talk a topic for the week for the audience members to keep. The shear should be for a zechus and for the safety of a chenu b'nei Israel and Eretz Yisrael. It should be for a fuah and Yeshua, for anyone sick, for anyone needing a Yeshua, anyone in captivity, anyone injured, anyone sick, anyone needing any source of, sort of refuah. Yeshua should have one b'karov, and we should see Mashiach come speedily in our days. May that day, in fact, come today. We're going to talk a little bit about one of my favorite categories, one of my favorite topics, that of Hakar Satov, gratitude. Unfortunately, it is very not commonly seen. It's uncommon, and we don't see it enough, and we don't see it nearly in the world enough. We're going to have some sources from safari.org, but we'll talk about it a little bit in general. Gratitude, Hakar Satov, is one of the foundation elements to the Jewish people. When Leah, and we're going to look at this later, God willing, also, when Leah, Yaakov's wife Leah, was going to have... Her share of the Jewish people, each wife, there were four wives, there were supposed to be 12 children, each wife was supposed to get three. So she thought that this one would get three, this one would get three, and she would get three. When she saw that she had Yehuda after Reuven and Shimon and Levi, she said, now I had more than my share, now that I had more than my portion, now I'm going to say thank you. The question is, why didn't she say thank you beforehand? But each child, of course, is a gift, each child is a blessing, each child is a bracha and a beautiful thing. But she was so happy to be a part of the Jewish people, of the foundation of the building of the Jewish people, but to have an even greater share is such a beautiful thing. And when we think of gratitude and gratefulness, and we think of having a karsatov, it should be fundamental to our nature, it should be fundamental to our soul. The essence of the word, when you think of a Jew, is a Yehudi, because the essence is hoda'a, thanks. And when someone is lacking that thanks, it bothers me very much, it bothers my wife very much also. It should be a basic element, a basic thing. Someone does something for you, for your child, for a kid, whether it be any type of programming, any type of thing, in any type of aspect, there should be a basic hakar satov. doesn't have to be a $1,700 bouquet. doesn't have to be 400 cards, but there should be an element of thank you and how done. And if not, there's something seriously lacking and something seriously wrong. In fact, way back when, when my wife and I were dating, interesting, one of the first topics that came up as a shared value was that of hakar satov of gratitude and thanking people. This is a fundamental core value that is so sorely lacking in society and in so many people. The please and the thank you seem to be sorely lacking in our modern era in the children and even more so in their parents. And if the children don't have it, I have to look at the parents and see what's up with the parents. And it probably is their problem that's being manifested in the children. Boggles my mind. It's especially evident all over the place. And it's very sad to see that it is lacking in society. It is lacking in the culture as a whole. The only caveat, I would say, the only element that's slightly comforting is the Mishnah teaches in the end of either Soto or Brachos, I forget where, that in the Ikvid of Mashiach, at the time right before Mashiach, there's such a fundamental lack of Hakar Satov, lack of basins, basic Derecheres, basic, basic decency, basic moral values that we know Mashiach must come soon. We should be Zohar that he comes tomorrow. We should all see him here Bimenu. Anyone that helps you in any way, and we talk about this a lot on all the Shirem, on all the shows, any way that helps you in any way should be thanked. You should know when you're kind and nice to other people, you ask them how they are, what is their name, how are they doing. I've done this many times. I try to do it every time. What's your name? Thanks for your help. Thanks for helping us. Sorry to bother you. Sorry to trouble you. And that comes from way back when, not going to go there now, but 
when it comes to any aspect, say thank you, the security guard, the crossing guard, at your kid's school or at your work, every single person should have basic derechert, should have basic akar satov, and a basic element of having the thank you element to your life. Everyone that helps you should be thanked. It is fundamental and core to our being as Jews, as Yehudim, to do so. The key word meaning hoda, hod, thanks. Even if it is something small, no matter what is done to help you in this world, a coffee from a barista, the mailman bringing mail, do you the, do you know the name of your mailman? Do you know the name of your mailwoman? We try to make it a thing that we do. We know the, the one before and we know the name of the one now. The sanitation workers taking your trash, I actually don't know their names, but maybe one day. Everyone should be thanked. There was a gratitude week done in my son's school. It's a wonderful thing. It's a great idea. Ashkacha, it's a good idea for schools and families to have activities related to this theme. Thank you, science, for mailmen, for garbage men, money given to workers in hospitals, gifts for soldiers protecting us, gifts for soldiers fighting for their very lives, for the sake of our people and our land in Israel. We shall enough from good things and wonderful things there and in the whole world. Kids need to see us do it because kids learn through seeing the actions of parents and adults much more than what we say. We could talk till we're blue in the face, but it doesn't resonate. It doesn't stay. Do as I do, not as I say. If kids see Hakar Satov modeled behavior with actions and words, they will do so as well. When the groceries get delivered, we try to order it and get it delivered weekly on Wednesdays. I make sure I tell them, what is his name? What is the deliverer's name? F, Mr. F, not going to say his full name on radio. And I say, thank you so much, Mr. F, for bringing the groceries. Guys, say thank you. You know, always say thank you, bringing the items as you do. One by one, you have to be grateful even for that, for anything. You can make it into a game. You can make it into a thing. How many workers can you say thank you to before the day ends? Could be a game as well. We want them to even be involved in this more. And hopefully adults, not even the kids, but the adults really should have this ingrained into their being. And if they don't have it, I have to go to the next generation, the top generation, the generation above that. What's going on? Why it's lacking? The question is, where does the value come from? Let's see. Even Lahavdil non-Jewish people see that there's a problem and we need to find why. A columnist in the Wall Street Journal, Melinda Beck, points out, adults who feel grateful have more energy, more optimism, more social connections, and more happiness than those who do not, according to studies conducted over the past decade. They're also likely to be less depressed, envious, greedy, or alcoholics. Rabbi Fran Lahavdo points out on Torah.org, there's a beautiful insight in the Avudraham. When the Chazan, was, when the Chazan says Modim, the congregation, the Tzibor recites a prayer known as the Rabbi's Modim, Modim Barabanan. Why is that? The Avudraham says that for all blessings, for all brachos in the Shemona Esther, we have an agent. We can have an agent. For Rafa'inu, for Barachalinu, as the Chodesh says, you know, we, Barachalinu, you know, when we say these things and so forth and so on, we can have a messenger. The Shleich Sibur can say the blessing for us. However, there's one thing that no one else can say for us. We must say it for ourselves. That one thing is thank you. Hoda has to come from us, from ourselves. You can't say, tell your parents thank you for the meal. It's it's a nice gesture, but it's not the same. It doesn't resonate and it's not powerful. Hoda, thank you, has to come from ourselves. No one can be our agent to say Thank you. Another very interesting quote is also how we look at things in general. We look at ornava.com, O-H-R-N-A-A-V-A.com, slash Hakaras Hatov, H-A-K-A-R-A-S-H-A-T-O-V, ornava.com, slash Hakaras Hatov. 
Look at this quote. You lost your home, which you never know from such things. It's just perspective. You lost your home, but your family is healthy. You misplaced your car keys, but you do own a car. Your children are exhausting, but you have children. We shall only know from good things. Shift the focus. Join the movement. Reap the benefits. They say there's a very famous quote from uh, the Red Cross. I forget which, I think Canadian Red Cross, that if you own, if you have food in your tummy and even something, some food in your pantry, some food in your fridge, some food in your freezer, you have the clothing on your back, you have a roof over your heads, you have money in your wallet, even a dollar, you're richer than 99% of the entire world. How is that possible? Because you look at cultures, you look at societies, you look at most of the world where they don't have a 400,000 square foot house for a family of four, which is nonsense, not for now. People who live in starvation, people who live in deprivation, people who live in disease, most of the continent, you have the whole continent, aspects of Africa, of South America, all over the world, they have nothing. They have huts and tents, they live in no plumbing, no running water, no electricity. We have so much more, and yet we complain so much. We don't have the gratefulness that Karstov to Hashem. Okay, so my house is not 25,000 square feet, so that's not what it's supposed to be. In the older days, in the Midbar, for 40 years, they had a hut. Growing up in earlier societies, they had a one, two, three bedroom house. They don't need a playroom and a day room and a den and a living room and a basement. And a, you know, they don't need a hundred things. You have to shift the focus. You have to join the movement. You have to understand what's really important. Many of the people I work with, by the way, in this city, talk about how they'll never get a house. The paras are paid like more, less than half of what I get, and this is and this is what they do for most of their day. Even if both partners or both spouses are paras, they still don't equal up, and it's still not enough. They have to live in an apartment, so a house, or even if it's a smallest, even if it's a tiny house, it's much more than that. We have to shift the focus. We have a whole problem with the fact that people are very spoiled, very entitled, very taking things for granted. I don't know why, I don't know where it came from, but it's especially evident, especially poisonous in our generation that we have right now. You know, people take it for granted. You need to have a 2,500 square foot home, a bedroom per kid. If you have two kids, you need to have four bedrooms. If you have three kids, you need to have eight bedrooms. Nonsense, craziness. You have to shift the focus. We're grateful to Hashem that He gave us a house. We're grateful to Hashem, each and every child, where everyone should be zocha. We're grateful to Hashem that we have a spouse. Everyone should be zocha to find theirs at the right time. We're grateful to Hashem to have a car. It wasn't always such a thing. When the car was invented in 1912, the Ford Model T, how many people had it? Very, very few. Over time, it's expected everyone got one, and everyone has a second one. By the way, some societies don't even have cars. You know, there's a whole city in Amsterdam where they use bicycles, which I think is a brilliant thing. Upper East Side, people are wet. Upper West Side, people, people live in the city, don't even use cars. A lot of them just use public transportation. I don't know what they do when they have a baby in a car seat, but not for now. Shift the focus. Understand where we could think, how we could think. At the root, we're supposed to be Hoda'a. We're supposed to be a Yehudi. The focus of the idea is Hoda'a. We know we're not even supposed to intermingle with different societies because they're lacking this basic trait. Devarim teaches us in Parakhaf Gimel. Rashi points out, Why? Matam shehayu lachem achsaniya b'shasad chak. 
Egypt was like the 50th level of terribleness. We were at like 49 levels of impurity. Egypt was a level below us. But even so, why are we not supposed to save them? Why are we not supposed to antagonize them or hate them or distance ourselves from them so much so? A couple of generations are allowed to come into the Jewish people because even though they were so base, so terrible, that they threw the males, the babies in the river, they were able to help us to be our host sort of quote-unquote, not amazing hosts, but they were hosts in a time of great difficulty, so we still need to have basic Akar Sadov. By Midbar, Laman Alf talks about Nekom Nekmas B'nei Yisrael Me'es HaMidyanim Achar Te'asef HaLamecha So Midyan is another one. Hashem says to Moshe, Amr Lo Kadosh Baruch Moshe from Medrash Tan Chuma, Nekom Nekmas B'nei Yisrael Ata Ba'atzmecha V'hu Mashalach HaCherem Al Shetizna Shenisgadel, excuse me, but midbian. Amar eno din shani meitzir lahem shasu bitova. Hamashalomer bar beershesh asisur mimenu mayim al tizur bo evin. Hashem says to Moshe, you got to take care of the midianim. Moshe says, I can't take the midianim. I'm going to appoint a shliach in my stead. Why? Because they did a goodness for me. I was there for years when I was fleeing from Paro. I was a guest in Yisro's home. I can't antagonize the Midian. It's like the mashal. If you drank from a well, don't throw a stone into it. Don't don't knock that which benefited you. I don't know the term offhand. I can't remember. But don't knock something that helped you. Don't mess something that helped you. Don't throw a, a rock into the air. In the end of Dayeno, in Pesach, in a couple of months, we look at the Haggadah, and it talks about how Hashem did each step for us. Each single step, each thing that Hashem did, we, we don't just say, thank you, Hashem, for everything you did. It's a very blatant, very general, not very... Specific. You have to be specific with these things. When you say something so general, it's not really helpful. Thank you for everything you did for me. It doesn't it's not really pinpointing. You have to pinpoint. Thank you so much for setting up this. Like when a bar mitzvah boy says, "Thank you to my parents for everything you did for me." It's a beautiful sentiment, but it's not as powerful as they say, "Thank you, mom and dad, for sitting down with me for helping write this speech, for ordering the catering." I know it's going to be a long list and take a long time, but even a specific few examples would be much more powerful. As a Hakar Satov, as a thank you, we go through each step in the Haggadah that he took us out of Egypt. He gave us the tribes. He gave us the the order, the loan order. He took care of each aspect. He gave us the man. He, gave, he took care of the, the sea for us, and he took us out on dry land. And why do we have to go through every single step? Because we have to pinpoint what Hashem did each aspect. He gave us the money. He gave us the Shabbos. He brought us to our sin. He gave us the Torah. Brought us to Israel. Built us the base of English each single step. JC.com points out a modern example of wonderful Akarsadov, a very small example. The late Rabbi Yisrael Ze'ev Gusman, head of Yeshiva Netzach Yisrael, used to water the bushes in front of the Yeshiva. This is the great head of the Yeshiva. What is he doing watering the bushes? When fleeing Vilna back in the day, he had hidden behind some bushes and always felt a debt of gratitude for them because they hid him, they took care of him. The bush is an inanimate object. Why is he doing this? Because you have that car, we know that Moshe was one of the earliest examples. He did not strike the water, he did not strike the land to bring about blood and the kingdom and the Tzivardea, because he felt that those things, those inanimate objects, helped him in some way. The water protected him in his mini teva, in his little arc situation when his mom put him in the water, and the, the, the floor covered up the, the guy that he killed, 
and he ran away for it, but it, co- it covered it, so he felt the basic Akarsatov here. Also, Abdul Rabbi Guzman felt whether he saw the bushes in Vilna or Jerusalem. Neither Moshe nor Rabbi Guzman credited water bushes with the will to choose to save them, but they recognized that to destroy or disregard something that once helped you is indeed a base trait. The opposite of Hakarasatov, which is wildly rampant, unfortunately, very, very unfortunate. My wife sees this as a teacher. I see this in my own practice as a therapist. I see this in general with other parents and other people in the world. It's like a supreme lack of gratitude. All of a sudden, this generation, it's like overwhelmingly terrible. From Barashas, the first portion of the entire Torah, we already see a clear-cut example. Adam shifts the blame to Chava, and then Chava shifts the blame to the snake. The snake takes the fall, but really both of them take the fall because Adam's not going to live forever, and the woman's going to have to have childbirth pains, which is very, very intense on many levels. Adam makes the beautiful gift that he got a spouse when there's no other humans in the entire world and he says she's to blame Rashi points out Asher Nasata Imadi and Gemara Avodazar also points out and hey Asher Nasata Imadi Khan Kafar Batova here he was Kafwito was having a lack of gratitude so it really goes all the way back to the beginning but unfortunately it manifests itself in a very negatively powerful day and way nowadays you see the beginning of Sefer Shmos also. Yosef literally saved Mitzrayim. He was the ruler for 80 years, the longest ruler that I could think of in Jewish history. Even David Melch had 40 years. Shlomo Melch had 40 years. I think Yoshua had 40 years. Yosef rules Mitzrayim, changes the whole world for 80 years, and he doesn't remember Yosef. Yosef. So some say it was the same king who didn't appreciate or recognize what Yosef did. And some say that he did recognize, he did remember, but he chose not to bring it to mind, not to think about it. What? He hasn't been around for a couple of years. He didn't do anything for me lately, so I'm not going to remember. I'm not going to appreciate I'm not going to care about it. That's the what have you done for me now? What have you done for me lately syndrome? Short-term memory versus long-term, which is also terrible. Toso San Chavez points out, In Yudbet, Hanosin matana l'chavero tzorach l'hodiyo. Someone who gives someone a present should let them know about it, and they should be thanked for it. And in general, Rabbi Chinem Papa talks about in this world, that's why brachos are so important, because it's as if we're telling Hashem, thank you for giving me this, thank you for giving me the opportunity to do this, I recognize it comes from you. Without doing that, it's kind of like stealing from God. Rabbi Chinem Papa says, transliterated, translated, anyone who derives benefit from this world without a blessing, it's as if he stole from God and from the community of Israel. Very powerful. Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Joseph Tulushkin points out in the book of Jewish Values, page 418, there are people he knows, and we should all live up to this uh, example, who would never think of leaving a taxi or a restaurant without thanking the driver or waitress and leaving a generous tip. But do you know there are some people that never say thank you? They slam the door on the driver's face, they leave the restaurant not even tipping a dollar? Like, why? 
But there's sometimes these same people far stingier with grateful words to those who do the most to enhance their lives, their spouses, their family members, and friends. They suffer from an inability to express love and gratitude, to thank those dear to them for specific favors and kindnesses. So I say on both levels, all of us should be better. In general, being a Karsadov to everyone who helps you, especially the barista, the crossing guard, every single person you call Amazon customer service, I'm telling you, Ask them how they are, how is their day going, and what's their name. Three key simple questions. The whole call will change. It's easier to catch bees with... Uh, there's a quote. My wife and I saw this thing she grew up watching. It's easier to catch flies with honey than it is with vinegar. Or something like that. It's much easier to deal with people and to get things accomplished when you're nicer and you're sweeter and you're kinder on the phone. Obviously, I'm not good at this all the time, every time, but even one time at a time. It's much easier. If you're going to yell at the customer service person, you're not going to get anything accomplished. They're going to hang up on you and never want to take your calls. If you're going to shoot, shout at them, you know, demean them, talk down to them, you're never going to accomplish anything. You're going to be like vinegar. You're not going to catch anything. But if you talk nice, you ask them their time of day, you ask them their name, very simple things, you know, whether it be a huge thing like when we had our kids and we tried to learn all the nurses' names and the doctors to a much smaller thing, you're calling Amazon for customer service. Simple ways to have basic Akarsatov and Kavachomer with family members, your your wife and your kids, Kavachomer, to have the gratitude in your life. Because every single act of gratitude or word of gratitude we do leaves a spiritual imprint on us and makes us more grateful and kind people. It's like a muscle that you could work out. You work out in the gym, you could spiritually work out your gratitude muscle. Every single act can work. This is what I think about when we compare to what the Rambam, Maimonides, explains on Perka Elvis 3.15 about charitable acts. If you have the choice, the chance, to give a hundred gold coins or a thousand gold coins to one person or one gold coin to a thousand people, you should give one gold coin to the thousand people or the one gold coin to the hundred people because every single act you do strengthens your giving muscles and also helps a lot more people, by the way, in general. So that person could buy a sandwich and that person buy a sandwich. If you give one person a thousand gold coins back in the Rambam's time, yeah, he could buy a mansion. You help one person, which is like saving the world. But had you given one gold coin to the thousand people, you could have had each of them helped for a lunch a thousand times. And you're also really building that muscle. Each act, one repeated act of generosity, and I, I would extend it to gratefulness, to gratitude, the Rambam explains each act builds that strong acquisition of that muscle. Each time it arouses that ability to give and to do and to be good and to hone yourself in a better way. And we talked about this pasuk, but here it is in Barashas Chavtes. Vatahar od vatelad bein vatomer hapam od es Hashem. Hapam od es Hashem comes from this pasuk. Al kein mo Yehuda vatamon miledes. She conceived again and bore a son. Declared, "This time I will praise Hashem." Only this time? No, but this time I will ecstatically, emphatically, and externally, very loudly praise Hashem. I'm sure each time she was very grateful to Hashem. Therefore, she named him Yehuda, and that's the essence of the Jewish people. Brachos points out in Zayin, Rabbi Yochanan Mishum Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai, Amar Rabbi Yochanan Mishum Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai, Miyom Shabara Kadosh Baruch Hu Es Olamu Lo Haya Adam Shehodal Kadosh Baruch Hu An Shebasaleya VeHodata Shenemar Hapam Ode Es Hashem. From the day that Hashem created the world, no one 
I believe, outwardly, externally, vociferously, loudly, thanked Hashem. Blessed be he until Leah came and thanked him. Because then it said she came pregnant and gave birth to a son, and then she said, I will give thanks to Hashem. It was called Yehuda. We pointed out earlier, and Rashi and Barisha says it straight up, many, many eons before me and everybody else. Hapam Ode, why Hapam Ode? Now Rashi and, and Barisha, Shenatalti Yosem Michalki. Now I will praise Hashem because now I have some more than my share. From now on I should praise Hashem from Barashas Rabbah. But really, if you think about it, all of us are given much more than our share. Who's to say we deserve to live X number of years and X number of hours? We should all be Zoha and meritorious. Hashem should bless us to live 120 years. We should be Zoha to all have a Zivog and a Bashir and many healthy, happy, safe children and a job and Parnassah and a house and car and everything good. But who's to say that we deserve it? Really, everything we get is Yosser Michalki. That's why we should always be grateful, always have gratitude, and always have a karasatov. All of us always get more than our share, because everything Hashem gives to us is a chesed. Everything Hashem gives to us is a wonderful thing. From Shemos Rabbah Tess and Shemos Rabbah Yud, we're looking at what Hashem is talking to Moshe and to Aaron. We spoke about this earlier, but here's the source. Why did Moshe bring forth the first three plagues? Because the first two plagues, blood and frogs, were associated with the Nile, since the Nile protected Moshe. When he was placed there as a baby, it would be wrong for Moshe to elicit plagues from it. Similarly, the plague of lice came from the earth of Egypt, which aided Moshe when he slayed the Egyptian and buried him in the ground. Therefore, Aaron initiated these three plagues, and this comes from the congregation Shevadacham explaining about the source. The, te- the Torah teaches us early on to show gratitude, even to inanimate objects like water and earth. Surely, then we must show gratitude to our fellow human beings for any and all kind of favors they perform. Moshe also shows another basic decency and, and derech Eretz. Moshe lives by Yisro, who knows how many years, many years. So when it's time for him to leave, he goes first to who? Yisro. Vayelach Moshe, vayashav al Yasser chosno from Shemos Dalad. Vayomer lo elecha na, vayashuva elachi, asher b'mtsayim v'era od ha'chayim, vayomer Yisro lemoshe lech l'shalom. Moshe goes to Yisro, his father-in-law. Medrashan Chuma points out here in Shemos 16, at the time, Hashem says to Moshe, go, I will send you to Paro. Moshe says, I can't leave. Yisro welcomed me with open arms. He gave his home to me. He gave his, his daughter to me. I'm like a son to him. If one opens his door to his friend, his friend owes him in return. Moshe says, Yisro welcomed me with, and treated me with kindness. I can't leave without permission. So Moshe goes and returns to Yisro, tells him he's leaving, hopefully asks him, and then he sends him to peace. Brochus 54 talks about the sages talking to Brysa. The Brysa lists of places where one is required to recite a blessing due to miracles that were performed for them there. One across the Red Sea, where Israel crossed the crossings of the Yardim. On these miracles, one must give thanks and offer praise before Hashem. Brachos Nandala talks about there are four major people that we know about that are supposed to give, you know, the Gomel. Amrab Yehuda Amarav, this is the source, it's straight up from Brachos. Arba'ad Srichon Lahodos, Yorde Hayam. Midbaros, Omisha Haya Misha Haya Chavash Bebesa Arsum Vyatsam, 
but all the captives should be released. But you talk about Matir Asrim, you talk about people who came out, and I saw a beautiful thing about Gomel, different times, most recently I saw one YU, the whole YU is listening in, and they break out into songs, beautiful. Four people must offer thanks to God with a thanks offering and a special blessing. The seafarers, those who walk in the desert, one who is ill and recovered, and one who is incarcerated in prison, in captivity, and went out. We should be zochah that every single one comes out and is a matir asrum and does say the bracha of Agomel, happy and healthy and speedily, and it should be today. All these appear in a psalm verse from Tehillim 107. What blessing does he say? Amrav Yehuda Baruch Gomel Chasadim Tovim who bestows acts of loving-kindness. We know David also was very good at this. In his last will and testament, a very interesting thing, David talks about death penalties for some people, which seems very strange, but David has his reasons, and you could read it there. And Melachim Aleph Bet, I believe, David is literally cold and dying, and you should know as a, as a side thing, we might touch on this later, but David himself understood this, because when he was being chased by Shaul, he had the chance to kill Shaul, Shoal is not harmed by David. David takes a piece of his clothing and rips it off. But on some level, on some aspect, we can't judge this, obviously, but on some aspect, Hashem didn't feel this was right. Mida Kanegan Mida, David tore the clothing at the end of his life. David is very, very cold. He needs attendance to keep him warmer. Nothing is working. So the clothing didn't work for him at the end of his life because earlier in his life, he showed some level of disrespect to the clothing also, even an inanimate object. But David tells Shlomo at the end of his life, the Levnei Varzilai from my Haftorah, by the way, to these Barzilai people, do goodness, do kindness, have some Akara Satov, let them eat at your table because in my life, when I was running, when I was fleeing because of my own son from the kingdom, he was pursuing me, wanting to kill me, to overtake the throne, they stood by me. And, Hash- and David realized this many, many years later and told his son. The first thing we say when we grow up, when we get up in the day, the morning blessing upon waking in our sitter, the first thing, the first thing we're supposed to say upon awakening, I offer thanks to you, Hashem. Living in eternal king, you have mercifully restored my soul within me. Your faithfulness is great. And literally, it's a halacha in the Orchos Sachaim. The harash, straight up. Al tehi kafoy tova, the chabit komisha, pasach lacha, pasach levakish de sipucha. Do not be oblivious to the good that others do for you. Acknowledge even those who do something as simple as opening a door for you. So you want to soar straight up. For anyone that helps you, whether it's the barista or the Amazon customer service person, the mail person, straight up, straight up here. Kuf chaf test, you can look it up. Or chas chaim laharash. Do not be oblivious to the good that others do for you. Acknowledge even those who do simple things as opening a door for you. Train your children to acknowledge other people's kindnesses by always saying thank you. Or maybe some other obvious gesture such as nodding or waving an appreciation to a driver or stop for them at a crosswalk. The very first thing we do when we awake each morning, and we should do, is say the very words, Moda'ani, thanking Hashem for returning our souls to our quiescent bodies. Hakar Satov is fundamental to Torah, Torah and Derech Eretz. Rabbi Nachman of Breslov points out, Gratitude rejoices with her sister Joy and is always ready to light a candle and have a party. Gratitude is much like the old cronies of boredom, despair, and taking life for granted. Look how, gra- how closely... These two are. 
these diametrically opposing worldviews are granted versus gratitude. I realized this a couple of years ago. Look at the words granted versus gratitude. They're very similar. The first three letters are the same, G-R-A. Then it switches, taking things for granted, expecting things. I don't care that you did this for me, for my daughter. I don't have to do any acarsito for you. You slaved away, you did this, you made programs, and did what, you spoke for them, and you worked your tail off. I'm taking it for granted. I expect you do this for my kid, for my daughter, for my son. Horrible. Where's the lack of decency? But they're a granted person versus the gratitude person, G-R-A, tattooed. The first three letters are the same. They share a T and an E as well, but the difference is in the NITU, the letters that separate the two words. If you speak it out, it's, ba- it's basically saying N-I-T-U, 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 and I-T-U. The selfish attitude, an I-T-U, and you to me, why should I help you? Why should I thank you? When you take things for granted, you feel you are owed things, you deserve things. But having gratitude is taking out the selfishness, taking the NITU out of our own attitudes and appreciating others for what they do for us, not what we selfishly need or selfishly do for others, not a conditional relationship, but thanking others for what they do for us. The Rambam also points out elsewhere in the Moranavucham, the Guide for the Perplexed, a person needs to be like God, as similar as possible. The sages talk about you know, how do you cleave to Hashem? Hashem is a stinging fire. Hashem is a burning fire. You can't get close to him. Even Moshe couldn't see the back of Hashem. You know, now in this parsha, he sees in the end of February 2024. Moshe wants to know after the terrible sin of the golden calf and the people plummet and, and Moshe begs for forgiveness and he talks to Hashem, tell me your ways. I can't understand why bad things happen to good people. All things don't make sense. Hashem says, you can't understand. No living person can see me, can understand me and live. The only thing I can tell you is I'll give you a little bit of a back look a back situation you could look at my back you could try to understand the back but you can't really fully understand it you can't cleave to hashem because hashem will take the soul out of you but you can emulate hashem the gemara talks about hashem clothed the people adam and chava we need to give clothing to people hashem visited the sick avraham after his bris we need to visit the sick hashem buried the dead we need to do so Beautiful, beautiful mitzvah that the Chavar Kaddish do. Very difficult, not for everyone, not for most people, but that's emulating God. The truest form of chesed, by the way, chesed shall emes, is chesed to someone who can never pay you back. That's the Chavar Kaddish. Those are the beautiful people in Zaka. They should never have to have a job, but they do beautiful, wonderful things. You cleave to Hashem, you emulate Hashem, you're being similar to Hashem, that's what you do. Obviously, Hashem is not a human, can't express a lot of things, but we can emulate what actions that Hashem did. Brachos 58, Bedzoma would say, how much effort did Adam exert before he found bread to eat? He plowed, he sowed, he reaped, he sheaved, he threshed, he winnowed, and he winded. He separated the grain, he ground the grain, he sifted, kneaded, and baked, and only then did he eat. Then Noah comes along and makes some inventions, and of course, hundreds of years later, it's better. The people in the Gemara time talk about how they found bread from. They didn't have supermarkets, they didn't have refrigerators, they didn't have freezers. That's like a 1950s invention, much, 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 much later. And even then, they're saying, I wake up and find these prepared things for me. How much effort did Adam have to do to make bread? How much effort did Adam have to do to have a garment to wear? He had to shear it and launder it and comb it and spin it and weave it. And then he got to wear it. But I wake up and I find all these prepared things. They didn't have a Coles. They didn't have a JCPenney. They didn't have an Old Navy. I don't know if it exists still. They didn't have an Amazon to go and just click and buy a thing five seconds later. You have it bought. It comes within two days. Crazy. 
so easy yet we take so many things for granted. Ben Zoma would also say a good guest, what does he say? How much effort did the host expend on my behalf? How much meat did he do for me? How much did he toil and labor? Such beautiful delicacies he got for me. The sparkle grape juice is the creme de la creme, the best thing on Shabbos for me. How many loaves did he bring for me? What does a bad guest say, by the way? The Gemara puts both in, just so you see the opposite. What did he do for me? What did the host do? Everything he did, he did for himself. I ate one piece of bread. I ate one piece of meat. I drank one piece of wine. The effort that the homeowner did was all on his behalf. It's so easy to be negative, to be degrading, but it's not the right thing. It's so much harder to find a way to be good, but it's so much better to be good. You take the granted and you follow the gra, you know, the gra, the gon. Um, the Vilna Gon was a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful person, but it's interesting that those letters show us the type of model of a person, I'm sure. He was a very, very good sage and a wonderful Rosh Yeshiva and a wonderful God of Hador. What would he say? You take the GRA out of the granted, you put it into gratitude, and you take the niche out of it. Don't say what an I to you. Don't say what I did for you, you do for me. I expect things, I take things for granted. No. You understand that the fundamental basis of being a Yehudi, Yehud, Hoda'a is thankfulness and gratitude and having Hakara Satov. It's not just about saying thank you, being full of gratitude, but we should be specific and thank for details. There's a big difference between saying thank you so much for everything you did for me versus thank you for the flowers, thank you for the card, thank you for the gift, thank you for the drink, thank you for the food, thank you for the dessert. Every single thing is a beautiful thing. And when things are coming very often, they take it for granted. Lahavda, people who live in San Diego, which when every day is 70 degrees and clear skies, they get tired of it. They take it for granted. They don't understand what a beautiful gift it is. I used to think in yeshiva that they take it for granted. People who who learn at her, in um, Hakotel or who lived in a tiv, when both are literally on the kotel, you know, they might take it for granted. Whereas us, I, I learned in Beit Shemesh, you come and you visit the kotel, it's a crazy, beautiful gift to go see it. Even something as beautiful and holy and, and beautiful as that, you can't take it for granted. You have to understand to have gratitude for it in general. Understand that these different things to appreciate, to understand the value of the giver, the value of the gift, and understand where things come from. Hashem brought things from nothing. Hashem gave us, gave us everything from nothing. And we say the modem itself, understand that we thank Hashem and we praise Hashem for different things. His mercy is compassionate thing. There are many brachos, by the way, in the Siddur. There's a bracha for sights, for sounds, for smells. You know there's a bracha for lightning, for thunder, for rainbows, for earthquakes, for ocean, for beauty, for strange things, for trees blooming. A very big thing to do in Nisan. A Torah scholar, kings, lots of Jews, life saved, destroyed shul, restored shul. Scene of a miracle saved from danger, good news, bad news, new fruits, new garments, Shechayano. Before, after fruit, Rosh Hashanah, night blessings. We know, of course, first Pidion and a wedding blessing, cemetery, which I know from such things. But look how many brachas we say also in Dominic itself. Talos, Tfilin, the tzitzis, the Torah, hands, bathroom, that he chose us days and nights. The Jew, not not a slave, man, a woman, sight, clothing, not being bound, which obviously we relate to, unfortunately, very much since October 7th. Not being bent over, earth and water, given all needs. Walking, having strength, splendor of the Jews, strength and removing splendor. Of course, there's mitzvahs. Many mitzvahs have brachos that we get to do throughout davening, and of course, at the end of the day. And after the 
the bathroom also is a beautiful bracha. Many people don't even think to say it or to say it with kavana or to stop. We actually got a sign outside each of our bathrooms, which I found a beautiful lucite one that says it out. So every time you walk out, you can say it with a little kavana. A lot of schools do that too. Think about these beautiful things to be grateful for in general. You know, there was a huge curse put on Avimelech and his household when he stole sorrow from Avram. They literally ceased major bodily functions. Very, very difficult. We take it for granted. Anybody who's ever seen a hospital or been to a hospital knows there's a lot of terrible things out there we should never know from such things that Hashem saves us from. Many blessings show what beautiful things Hashem does for us. And it doesn't have to be that we look at a crazy level or a crazy aspect. We know about the man, and there are also different things that Hashem did for us, but understanding to have gratefulness and gratitude is a beautiful thing. And the last thing I'll tell you is that there's ten beautiful songs that we see throughout Tanakh, throughout history, and the tenth one, God willing, will be sung in the times of Mashiach. One of them is the Shir Yom HaShabbos, a psalm for the Sabbath day, the song that Adam sang after creation was completed, that's Tehillim 92, which I think would be Tzadi Bet. The second song, which is Shir Shalyam, which the Jews sang at the sea. The third one was the Shira Saber, the song of the well. The well re- talks about the source of water. It was sung as a result of the miracle Hashem created to save the Jews from being ambushed by the Amorites who hid in caves. I'm not going to talk about the uh, very graphic expla- explanation of what happened there. Then there's the Hazinu song in Parsha Hazinu. The fifth song is Shira Sagivon, the song in the Valley of Ayalon in the book of Yehoshua, the book of Joshua, when he was leading the conquest of Canaan. And the sun stands, stood still. The sixth song was the song of Devorah, sung by the, the prophetess Devorah after the Hebrew armies defeated the armies of Canaan. The seventh song my wife is very, very familiar with from Shmuel Aleph Perik Bet. Shirat Chana, the song of Chana. Chana was the mother of the prophet Shmuel. The song of Chana calls attention to the humiliation and the misery of the barren woman, which never know from such things, namely Chana herself, who confides her extreme pain to Hashem after her, plan, her, parent, after her prayers are completed. She's both with, with a child, and then the song of Chana is a story of someone who's barren for a long time and then blessed with a child, and then I think there's another one after that. And then the eighth song is the song of David, Shirat David in Hebrew, the song which is the distinction of being the only song of the ten songs to be mentioned twice in the Hebrew Bible. Talks about his state of very survival and existence during his long and varied career. The ninth song is the Shir Hashirim, written by Shlomo Hamelach. It's an allegory of Hashem and Israel the, about a love story. And the tenth song we should be Zoha to see speed in later days will be the song of Mashiach. Mm-hmm. Song is yet to be sung. God willing, it'll be sung very, very soon. But the basic, basic outlook we need to have more Hakar Satov. Think about how Leah named the foundation of the Jewish people Yehudi, having a little bit of a karasatov. It's one of the first things my wife and I talked about many years ago. It's a fundamental core. It's so lacking in society from the parents to the children. I don't even know where it comes from. You can see there are some families that are just really rotten, really lacking any derech I don't know what happened there. But it all starts with us. People see what we do. Our kids learn from what we do much more than what we say. If we could have basic Akara Satov, we could have basic aspect of talking well, doing well, being grateful, you'll have more energy, more optimism, more social connections, more happiness. Understand to shift your mindset. Think about what you do have, what wonderful things. Ezehu Hashir Hasameach Bechalko. Perkevus teaches us fundamentally from Ben Zoma in Dalit Aleph. 
You think about how many things Hashem does for us and did for us from the beginning of time until now. Understand that the lack of gratitude is a tremendous pitfall, is a tremendous lack of good meanness on any level. And it started all the way back from Adam. We need to do whatever we do. Think about always leaving a taxi with thanking the driver, always leaving a restaurant with giving a tip, thanking the barista who gives you your coffee thinking the garbage men who take your garbage i can't tell you what a beautiful feeling it is when i have a ton of garbage and they take it i feel like lighter like i got that garbage out of my house and it's taken away from my property every single act every single gratitude every word we do every aspect that's done for us we should have gratitude it leaves a spiritual imprint on us we need to do what we can to be more grateful more kind people each aspect each Act can make us into a more generous, a more grateful, a more gratitude-filled person, a more hakarasato-filled type of person. Like the Rama talks about, a thousand gold pieces, you can give it to a thousand people. Each act transforms you. Each time you can be more hakarasato, it transforms you. Think about how beautiful the nation has looked the past few months after the tremendous, terrible, tragic travesty of October 7th, but the people come together having a karsatov for all the beautiful things, all the beautiful initiatives, the beautiful aspects that should keep up for all the good things. But each element, each aspect we could do, my wife literally runs a program for the girls and no one says thank you, no one does anything, the PTA doesn't remember, doesn't think, what kind of nonsense, such kafoy tov, you think it came easy? It was a ton, a ton of work for weeks and weeks and months. And it boggles the mind. You could give a, a bouquet for the first grade sitter party, but nothing for the sixth grader, for the bar program disgusting. Literally a lack of basic derech eretz that has to change. It changes with us. It changes what we do. It changes with what the parents can do, what the kids can do. If you see rotten kids, oftentimes it becomes from the rotten parents. It's not from the school. They're with the school a couple hours. Where are the rest of their life with their parents? That's the major hashpa, the major influence. The change can start with you. Hakara Satov, I'm grateful for my life. I'm grateful for my wife. I'm grateful for my kids. I'm grateful for my house. I don't care if it's as big as you think it should be. I don't care if it's as big as your house or your parents' house. That's not what life is about. I'm grateful for the house. It has a kitchen. It has a dining room. It has a living room. It has a few bedrooms. It has a basement. It has an attic. It has bathrooms. Baruch Hashem, that's much more princely than even the greatest prince in the 1400 could say. They had no lighting. They had no plumbing. What was their mansion? There was lacking basic necessities. Everything we have in our life is a bracha, is a gift, is a blessing. Should not be taken for granted. Take the NITU out of the granted and change it into the gratitude. Be a grateful person. Show some gratitude. Show the gratitude. Your life will be so much better. The world will be so much better. And maybe we'll finally be Zilchem for Mashiach to come speedily in our days. And may that day, in fact be today. This has been Tani Talks Radio, where we talk a topic for the week for the audience members to keep. Join us, God willing, next time, same time, same place, here on the TTR. And I'm your host, Tani.